Today's reading is taken from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath in it. I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Good morning, everybody. It is great to be speaking to you today. If we haven't met before, my name's Sophie and I'm on the staff team here at St. Saviour's. And this morning on this Creation Sunday, we're taking a break from our series, Keys to Faith, to explore this. And we're going to explore three questions together. First, why should we care for creation? Second, what is the church doing? And finally, how can we respond? But first, let me pray for us as we start. Father, we thank you that you are here by your Spirit. And we pray that you would speak to us now as we explore this commitment to care for your creation. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So first, why should we care for creation? Well, our climate is changing. Since the Industrial Revolution, temperatures have climbed rapidly. One description explains that global warming causes extreme weather conditions, such as more frequent storms and floods and droughts and heat waves. It increases extinctions. Our planet may no longer be hospitable to certain plants and animals. It melts ice at the poles, which further contributes to the rising temperature. It warms oceans, killing coral reefs and krill, and it affects people. People are affected by the impact of global warming, and it's the poorest 3.5 billion people that face the worst impacts of climate change. 
We need to limit this rising global average temperature to limit the effects that it will have on creation and on our neighbour. This is an environmental issue, it is a humanitarian issue, and it is a theological issue too. Our passage this morning is part of the creation narrative that we find in the first chapter of the book of Genesis. And before going any further, I want to acknowledge that there may be different interpretations of this in the room. Some of us may see it as a literal account, while others of us may understand it to be a poetic illustration. But whichever viewpoint we hold, we can be sure that Genesis tells us that however the world was created, it was created by God. One commentary writes that Genesis tells us that God made everything. It doesn't explain how he did it. It just says that he did. And throughout this creation narrative in Genesis, there's a refrain that comes up time and again. And it was good. These four words appear six times in Genesis 1. And then we read in the final verse of the chapter, God, um, we read, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Genesis 1 tells us that God created everything, and it was good. And in verse 26, we see that God created humankind to rule or to have dominion over all that God had created. Archbishop Justin Welby argues that we've misunderstood what this means. He says this, The idea of dominion has been interpreted by some Christians to mean that we can do whatever we want with the land, that is ours to exercise our power and our control over, whatever the cost. Yet this, he says, is profoundly mistaken. Instead, he suggests that to rule or to have dominion over means to have responsibility for all that God has created. And with this responsibility, we should be good stewards of the creation that God has entrusted to us. God created everything, said that it was good, and entrusted it to our care. And this tells us that creation care matters. And creation care is widely understood to be missional. Within the Anglican Church, five marks of mission exist that outline an understanding of what contemporary mission is all about. And these five marks of mission can be summarized as tell, teach, tend, transform, and treasure. Tell, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. In other words, evangelism. Teach, to teach, baptize, and nurture new believers. Discipleship. Tend to respond to human need by loving service, outreach, 
transformed to transform unjust structures of society, to challenge every kind of violence, and to pursue peace and reconciliation. Justice. And finally, treasure. To strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and to sustain and renew the life of the earth. Creation care. So what we find here is that creation care sits alongside evangelism and discipleship and outreach and justice as being missional. This is one of the ways that we can partner with God by bringing about his kingdom on earth as in heaven. So why should we care for creation? Because God created everything, said that it was good, and entrusted it to our care. It's part of the mission of the church to safeguard the integrity of creation and to sustain and renew the life of the earth. Today, we're facing rising temperatures that are having an increasingly detrimental impact on the environment and on our neighbor, and we need to act. Rather than seeing dominion as having power and control over this creation, whatever the cost, we need to understand it as responsibility for creation, and we need to commit to be good stewards of the creation that God has entrusted to us. So this is why we should care for creation. But what is the church doing? In 2015, 195 countries gathered to discuss how to tackle climate change, and they committed to do all that they could to limit the global average temperature to 1.5 degrees Celsius. This is known as the Paris Agreement. And then more recently, last year, COP26 took place with the aim to keep this hope alive. And our very own Sue Wilshire, who's leading our service today, attended that. And to play their part in contributing to this goal, the Church of England has set a target to uh, reach net zero carbon by 2030. And they've set out a route map of how they intend to do this. Former Bishop of Salisbury, Nick Holton, explains that this is an ambitious target for the whole Church of England to respond to the urgency of the climate crisis. He continues, to reach this target will not be easy and requires each of us to hear this as an urgent call to action. We're part of the Church of England, so this is a goal that we need to contribute to as well. We need to hear this as an urgent call to action. In fact, every church in the Diocese of London has been encouraged to take urgent action. I actually heard this described as non-negotiable. We need to take this seriously, and we need to act. So this is what the church is doing. This is the target that's been set to reach net zero carbon by 2030. Which brings us to our final question. How can we 
respond? How can we play our part, both as a church and as individuals? I find it really encouraging that the Church of England recognizes the seriousness of the climate crisis and has made this ambitious commitment to play its part in limiting global warming. But it also feels a little bit daunting and a bit out of reach. In all honesty, it feels like a bit of a stretch. It is such a crisis. Can we really make a dent? Even if every church and every individual responds to this call to action, will it actually make a difference? I once heard a story about a man who was walking along a beach, and he saw that there were tens of thousands of starfish stranded on the sand. And in the distance, the man could see a boy who was picking up a starfish one at a time and throwing them back into the sea, again and again, one after the other. And the man went unto the boy and he questioned what he was doing. He said, can't you see that there are thousands of starfish on the sand? What you're doing isn't going to make any difference. And in response, the boy picked up another starfish and he threw it into the sea. And he said, I bet it made a difference to that one. And I believe that this is a picture of how we, as a church and as individuals, can respond to the climate crisis. It may feel like we can barely make a dent, but we can make a difference one action at a time. Imagine if everyone thought that there was no point playing their part, we would never see a change. But if every church community and every individual makes an impact one action at a time, imagine the difference that we could have collectively. And there are some practical ways that we're responding to this as a church community. We've signed up to EcoChurch, which is a scheme that exists to help churches consider how we're caring for creation. And as part of this, we've completed a questionnaire which has helped us to identify what our main areas for development are. And we have begun to make some changes as a result, but we've got a long way to go as a church. There is so much more that we could do, but we know that we can make a difference one action at a time. And it is the same for us as individuals. It may feel like we're barely making a dent, but we can make a difference one action at a time. So first, how, why should we care for creation? Because God created everything, said that it was good, and entrusted it to our care. It is part of the mission of the church to care for creation. Today, we're facing rising temperatures that ha are having an increasingly detrimental impact on the environment and on our neighbor. And we need 
to act. We need to commit to take responsibility for and to be good stewards of the creation that God has entrusted to us. Second, what is the church doing? The Church of England is committed to play its part in climate action by setting this ambitious target of reaching net zero by 2020, and it's called every church to play its part in this. And finally, how can we respond? We can respond by making a difference one action at a time, both as a church and as individuals. And while it might feel like we're barely making a dent, together we can make a difference. And as we come to a close, I'd love to invite the band back up, and I'm just going to finish with some words from the Archbishop of Canterbury, who calls us to act. He says this, as people of faith, We cannot just say what we believe. We're obliged to live out the faith that Jesus calls us to live, to care for our neighbors, for the creatures, and for the creation that God has so generously given to us. If you're able, would you like to stand? And we're going to move into a time of worship, and I'd just love to pray for us as we do And I just want to come back to those um, two things that this season of creation is all about. The first is that we give thanks to God for his creation. And the second is that we renew our commitment to care for this creation that God has entrusted to us. So why don't we take a moment now in the quietness of our heart to give thanks to God for his creation. Perhaps there's something in particular that you just love about creation. Maybe that thing that you mentioned as we were talking to our neighbor earlier. Let's give thanks to creator God who created everything and said that it was good. Thank you, Jesus, for your beautiful, intricate creation. Maybe let's just take a moment now to renew that commitment to care for this creation that God has entrusted to us. Perhaps there's one thing that comes to mind that you could do, one small thing that might feel like it barely makes a dent, but actually when we, when we add those things up, when we all join in, we do make a difference. Father, we thank you that you are here by your spirit. We pray that you would speak to us now. We worship you, creator God.